You're listening to the Vikes Verified Podcast. Welcome back back. to the Vikes Verified Podcast. Sitting in the booth here two days after a disappointing loss to the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football. Um, Just a very anticlimactic game for us. Didn't seem to get a lot going at any phases uh, besides special teams, really. This one hurt to watch, but at the end of the day, we're one and one. How we feel looking forward here, Matt? Tough one to swallow. I mean, honestly, we should have seen some of what happened coming. But, you know, they were just going to roll with the punches here and uh, bounce into week three with the big matchup against Detroit. But, you know, ultimately it was really disappointing to see really the lack of communication, the inability to finish with opportunities that were given to us, and ultimately just the poor team play really from start to finish. It was just a, a really tough game to watch. Yeah, we made Jalen Hurts look look like an MVP out there really. Um, almost a flawless first half from Jalen Hurts in that Philadelphia offense. and. A big complaint by us, uh, many Vikings fans across the nation, is the lack of adjustments from the defensive coordinator and um, how our game plan really got exposed. I mean, playing deep 14, 15-yard safeties, uh, not a lick of press coverage from any of these cornerbacks. Um, Kind of frustrating to see them just pick us apart and us to continue not bringing pressure. Um, No creative packages, really. It was a four-man rush all night. We were banking on Zadarius and Daniil to get to hit Jalen and they didn't consistently that O-line held really solid and uh what what do you think there is to be said about the lack of adjustments in this game well I I really think you brought up a great point one of the biggest reasons that uh, we struggled early was the lack of press coverage the consistent heavy zone and really the lack of pressure obviously in this quarter's defense we're gonna have to be able to get four guys to the QB but we weren't really able to do that against Philly. And if we can't do that consistently and over the season, we need to figure out ways to implement five-man rushes, maybe six-man rushes sometimes on second and third down to help create pressure, get the ball out faster. I felt like we just let Jalen Hurts sit in the pocket and d- dissect us all day. And really, you saw in the second half they didn't put up any points, but defense finally made some plays. We got a couple bounces our way. Um, you know, so I'm really not, uh, quite sold on, you know, if everything changed, but, uh, what a, what a stark difference from week one to week two. And I'm really interested to see what week three brings because, uh, it's been a back and forth game here so far. Yeah. And going into this game, we talked about how are we going to defend a dual threat QB? And to me, um, that means putting more people in the box. I thought there was going to be someone, you know, consistently spying Jalen Hurts. I thought we would have brought more pressure up front, uh, instead, he made us pay with his legs, and, I mean, it's no denying he's a strong guy. He falls forward a majority of the time, and he just happened to fall forward for two touchdowns against us. Um, he looked incredible. Uh, another storyline in this game is Darius Slay probably playing his best game in two years, in my opinion, on Justin Jefferson. Granted, uh, Jefferson did have a couple routes where he was open. The ball wasn't able to be delivered to him, but for the most part, Darius Slay played a really confident game, and uh, he knew going in that Justin Jefferson was kind of wearing the crown in this NFL receiving room, and he he brought his game. He bodied him, honestly. I mean, no disrespect to J.J. I think, you know, he just didn't have um, – he was trying to put in a lot of tough positions. Now, the one play that he really would want back is that uh, play that Kirk got picked off where he didn't decide to go yeah. inside of Slay there, which obviously Red was zone on him. Um, but ultimately, I felt like Slay really just was very physical with him, um, almost seemed to wear him down by the end of the game. And I think 
Uh, it was an impressive performance, but one that uh, we can't let happen again. We got to find ways to not let uh, guys really lock down our guy like that and Jay Jefferson um, and really unlock Kirk because uh, that was tough to watch, but also impressive performance by him. So hats off to Slay because it's tough to lock down Justin Jefferson. Yeah, hats off to that defense all around, honestly. Made Kirk look very uncomfortable, and there just seems to be a correlation every season between Kirk and uh, away outdoor night games, prime time. Uh, it's just not really his stage, to be honest. And this week, we back at home, noon game against the Detroit Lions. I expect a much better performance from him. But a, a few more things that I observed in this game. I uh, really liked the Jalen Rager gadget play early on. Especially I thought on that was a bright spot in this game. That's I thought a, that was just a call from KLC where I was like, you know what? You guys know this is probably going to come at some point this game. We're going to give it to him on third down. A big moment. Made a big play for us. And, you know, those Philly fans were upset. To see a first-round pick make a play against them like that, granted he did not really make one the rest of the game. Um, everyone wants to talk about the Irv Smith drop pass, too. He did also have a nice touchdown. Um, tough couple reps for him over the middle on third downs early in the game as well. Um, not his best game, but we got to remember he hasn't been in a football game in over a year. So, you know, adjusting to that speed again and only coming off 19 snaps week one, I think there was a little bit of uh, adjustment for him in this one. Oh, and wow. That's a ball you got to have at the end of the day. He knows that. Everyone knows that. Um, he's just going to make the next play. Yeah, I think you know, like just like you said, for Irv, it was tough, tough drop, but he did score. We got to ride it, ride it out with him. He's got so much potential. He's yeah. going to be a big piece of this offense. He's going to make a lot more plays down the line. We're going to forget about that one as the season moves on. But you know, still tough to watch. What but, a throw from Kirk, though. Yeah, great throw. Honestly, put him in, a, put it in the bread basket for him. Just something, you know, and could have been just a huge like spark lost, play. Lost focus there and just let it drop, but. You know, one thing that was interesting to me so far through this two weeks is the almost lack of um, involvement with Adam Thielen and K.J. Osborne. Obviously, we know what they can do at wide receiver position, but it's been heavily Justin Jefferson week one and obviously kind of a mixture last week and not a whole lot with how much we got shut down. Um, do you disattribute this as kind of a slower start for these guys or uh, do you see it kind of as something as a trend moving forward in the season, Nick? Um, I just think it's a slow start, to be honest. I think it's too early to be uh, talking about a lack of production from them. I still think they're getting their feet wet in this offense. Uh, it's not something that they're both completely familiar with. So getting used to these new spots they're going to be lined up at. And the big thing with KLC's offense, he has the receivers line up on the hashes a lot of the time. Um, Thielen and Osborne are also used to working from outside on the numbers, so that's an adjustment. Um, I think they're going to start to trend upwards here once we get into an offensive rhythm. Uh, that was just a game where we couldn't convert on third downs. We couldn't extend drives. Uh, if we were to able to extend two or three of those drives, we would have seen a lot more um, targets for KJ and Thielen and probably a couple more plays made as well. So I think it's just a slow start. Nothing to panic about yet. Got to remember it's a 17-game season this year too, so extra game of production for these guys. Uh, I still think they're both over six, 700-yard receivers, no problem. Yeah, I, I do think they'll find ways to keep them involved in this offense. I just think it's been a lot of – schematics and obviously um you know missing on execution seemed like we put ourselves with a lot of iso plays on those third downs and really just came down to eagles making plays over us and and those are ones we're gonna have to win in future weeks to uh you know not let this keep happening but overall tough performance we're gonna bury that one you know there's just not much else we can say about it but we're gonna move on to week three and try to beat a tough detroit team 
Yeah, led by Dan Campbell. It's going to be a good team. Um, sometimes it's good for a team to get reality check like this early in the season. Um, kind of a back down to earth moment after a near flawless week one, really. I think this is going to be good for the team in the long run, kind of showing what this league is about. And teams are going to show up and compete every week. Uh, you're going to get the other team's best. So tough one for us to lose, but one and one's not going to look too bad. Before we dive into the Detroit preview, we're going to get to some fan questions that we had put to our attention here. Nick, start us off, and uh, let's answer some of these questions for the fans. So first question from Ezekiel Galen here. Uh, make a case for our D coordinator, Matt, being allowed to stay. He absolutely sucked. Well, you know, it was a very tough performance, and, you know, one where I agree there was a lot of lack of press coverage, lack of pressure, and a lot of heavy zone Stuff that just didn't really make uh, make a lot of sense with how often Hertz was just just dissecting this defense and really making us look like a JV team out there, um, and really the lack of adjustment. Those were all things that stood out to me. But you have to really trust in this defense. A lot of it came down to communication. That's a big thing in, in every defense, but especially important in this quarter's defense. Trust in in his ability to get these guys. Again, it's early in the season. They're going to gain even more familiarity with the defense and get more comfortable. Just got to communicate better, and I think we'll see more plays made on the defensive side. Totally agree. Good answer, Matt. Another one from Jeremy Newman here. Uh, will we keep trying to force feed our studs? Uh, Jay Jevis and Irv Smith, for example. Jeremy, I'm going to say um, I think this offense is going to find a lot better flow in the coming weeks here. I still think we're going to definitely get Irv and Jay Judd as both their targets and touches, but uh, don't be surprised to see Adam Thielen, um, KJ Osborne, possibly Jalen Rager make a couple more plays here. Um, I just think this offense really is just scraping the surface of the ball distribution that it can have. This this offense is designed to distribute the ball all over the field, and I think we're going to see that once Kirk finds his rhythm. I totally agree. Let's dive into another one here from Matt. What's going up? What's going down? Either player, coach, or scheme. I'll dig into the coaching staff here and give you a little stock up, stock down. I think a huge stock up for us right now is our special teams coach, Daniels. Uh, been a hot start to the season. Punter looks yeah, awesome. Coverages look great. Coverages look great. I love how we're putting in play and making them make a play and, and give us a chance to, you know, maybe make a fumble or something there. And Greg Joseph's been dialed in, and, you know, I think he plays a huge part in all of these things. And it's been exciting to see. Now on a stock down, obviously I would say probably Ed Donatello. Uh, he's got a big week ahead of him to really show that that was just a blip in the radar there. Ed uh, and Steve Donatello. Yeah, both of the Donatells. they got to show what they're all about, what this defense is all about, and really perform against a division rival in Detroit. Yeah, Matt, one more for you here. Lewis Seen, does he get the start in week three? I'm briefly going to touch on it and just say with Harrison Smith, being out, um, it's it's no question that Lewis Seen's going to have to take snaps in our secondary. Um, it's going to be a combination of Cam Bynum, Lewis Seen, Josh Metellus. Um, you're going to see a lot of those guys in the secondary. Do you see anyone else making an impact? Well, I think, like you said, I think Lewis Seen, especially if, if Harrison's out, I do think we're going to see a lot more of him. Um, Metellus is a guy I really do like as that third safety with Harrison out. I do see him more in special teams, um, but hopefully we can get a guy in booth back, but a guy I would keep an eye on. I want to see that cat play. Yeah, I know. We just got to get him healthy. A guy, though, I would keep an eye on for is um, a Caleb Evans. He got some reps at the end of, end of in the second half, really, over Cam Dantzler, which was kind of eye-opening to me. Looks like they're very confident in his ability, and I think it's someone who we could see be more involved in this defense, especially if, if Cam has some down plays. They might be uh, you know, apt to throw him in there, and I think they have a lot of trust in him. 
Yeah, he's been a surprising rookie so far. He definitely looks apart. He's got good size out there. Um, hasn't really made a major mistake yet, so I'm down to keep riding with him and see what plays he makes as well. And Monday night is behind us. It's time to look ahead to week three here, the Detroit Lions at home, led by Dan Campbell, uh, coming off their hard knocks high here. We definitely watch the series. Uh, there's a different energy in the Detroit building for sure. They got a pretty good coaching staff uh, filled with NFL vets. A lot of these guys have experience. Um, they know what it's like to play in the league, good mentors for these young players. They have a young core of talent. A couple guys we're worried about in Specific would be Amon Ross St. Brown. He started the season on fire. Um, brother Equinemius plays for the Bears, but he's a big weapon for him. TJ Hawkinson as well. We know he's one of the better young tight ends in this league. Swift, and yeah. also DeAndre Swift, a legitimate running back, legitimate number one running back. So they got a weapon on every facet of the offense, really. They got a perimeter guy, a guy on the line of scrimmage, and they got a running back. So they can do it offensively. Uh, it's going to come down to Jared Goff's ex- execution. Do you think he's a guy that can really get after this Vikings defense? Well, you know, we welcome these Motor City Kitties in town, and I think they're, you know, coming in a lot more competitive this year than most. Um, I think so far they've had a great start to the season. and Gave Philly is, a better game than us. This is not going to be an easy game for us. Um, I think they're going to give us a lot to deal with, and we're going to have to really show that we can perform at home. But to dig into your question about Jared Goff, I do think he can perform enough is what kind of the key word there. Um, I don't think he's an elite quarterback in any mind or in any sense really, but he can get the job done and he's been making plays so far this season, putting up points, getting them in the end zone. That's really all that matters at the end of the day for QBs. And this offense has looked high powered with uh, an impressive offensive line, even with some injuries. They have been one of the highest graded offensive lines and an offense as a whole. So I think it's going to be a true test for our defense. And presents a real challenge with the amount of weapons that they have and and the performance that they put on. I think uh, we're going to have to have a hot start. Otherwise, they could really have us reeling from the get-go. Yeah, and you know this is a game that's absolutely circled on Dan Campbell's calendar. He wants to make a statement in the division uh, for sure against us. He sees us as a good target. Um, I'm not going to lie. I've been... I've been somewhat impressed with the energy that's come from that building. I do think it's a better team, but at the end of the day, we own the Detroit Lions, and we're going to make a statement here um, at noon on Sunday. I really think this is a bounce-back game for us. Uh, Regardless of their talent and their weapons, I do still think we have a better roster top to bottom. I mean, you look at their defense. They've got some top-end talent for sure. Uh, Number two overall pick in Aiden Hutchinson. He's an impressive talent on the defensive line. Going to be a big challenge for Brian O'Neill and Darisaw and company. Um, they also have a young linebacker in Malcolm Rodriguez who really flashed on hard knocks and has some star potential, really he plays the game with a lot of passion, and he's a very physical linebacker. So they've got some pieces there. Jeff Okuda, um, I still think this is a defense that we can dismantle. Um, I think this is the week where we're going to start to see that offensive flow like I've been talking about. It's all about ball distribution. I think you looked at the first game and it was all Jay Jettas, and then you look at this next game and a lot of third down targets for Irv Smith, uh, a lot of force feeding to Jefferson. Uh, That's just one game, though, and I think putting that on tape is really going to open up these other guys that we have on the perimeter too. So. This week against Detroit, Matt, who do you th- what area of their defense do you think we can expose? I think we can expose their secondary. Um, you know, they do have a good guy in Okuda, at least a high draft pick there. But I think, you know, compared to Philly's secondary, it's, it's definitely one that we can attack and find some areas and, and zones to really uh, go after. So I think that's really a good area for us um, because I do think we have 
a good matchup with them on the O-line. Their linebackers, they got Rodrigo. That's a guy to keep an eye out for, hard knock star. Yes, sir. But overall, I'm I think it's really the secondary lie. that you go after. Do you think, ideally, with a home matchup, like you said, um, you know, really unlocking this offense, what is our potential for what's the best out- outcome for the Vikings on Sunday, really, against the Lions, Nick? Well, I think a you know multi-score deficit win i think is the best case scenario and i think it's definitely possible i think this is the type of game where you know philly on monday night we're playing a little bit more tentative a little bit more cautious because we know that they're a good team and we were kind of waiting to see what plays they made with all our soft coverage we were kind of playing very conservatively on defense i think this is a game where we can dial some more things up and jared goff's a known quarterback that doesn't deal with pressure very well I think we're going to be, you're going to see a lot more press coverage this week. You're going to see a lot more creative uh, blitz packages. I just think this is a game where we can go into it with a more aggressive mentality. And that was maybe something we didn't have Monday night in Philly. It was kind of more of a trying to feel them out and see what they did rather than attack them out of the gate. And I think we might see a little bit more of that attacking this Sunday. Yeah. And another guy I'm, I'm watching on, uh, you know, Detroit's defense is more of a matchup, I guess, that I'm interested to watch is uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Number two overall pick had a really good week last week against Washington. I really like our tackles. I just am interested to see kind of how that matchup goes and and kind of see how he shakes out in uh, the NFL and against our tackles as we have really solid bookends there. Um, But he's got a lot of potential, so I think it's going to be interesting to see how those guys hold up. Yeah, he's really a physical specimen. I mean, he's impressive to watch. I had no clue that he was six seven until we started watching Hard Knocks. But um, between his frame and his first step off the edge, I mean, he's young. He's explosive. Lanky. He's long. He plays hard. I mean, he's playing for Dan Campbell. You got to play hard for that guy. And I think he's going to definitely be a challenge for these tackles. But I think where we beat him is with technique. And I think uh, Brian O'Neill especially has wonderful technique out there on the edge. He knows how to expose maybe young, naive pass rushers um, get under their pads. And Hutchinson's a big body. I think Brian's going to really attack focal points on him to avoid him from getting to the quarterback ultimately. But you know he's still going to make plays. I mean, when you're that young and explosive, you're just going to find your way to the ball a lot of the time. Now talking about a guy on the Vikings that I'm watching this week is Dalvin Cook. He's been involved so far this uh, this season, but yet to have a big play. Yeah, I I would say he's had a couple you know um, good plays, but yet to break one loose. Right, I do think you know they need to uh, give him more rushing opportunities. Kevin O'Connell noted that in the post or post game presser, um, really saying that he needs to get him in a rhythm, and I and I think that bears true. Um, finding ways to get him running on early downs more. Now, I know that may seem Zimmer-like, but we do need to give him more opportunities to get going, really wear down that defense and open it up for our wideouts because if we just keep this pass-heavy offense going up, I do think it, it, it does help us overall. But if we become one-dimensional, one dimensional, then everything becomes predictable and things don't become as easy as an offense. So we really got to keep him involved, and it's someone against the Detroit Lions defense that has been susceptible to the run, should have an opportunity to put up a good week. Yeah, and it's Kirk Cousins, right? I mean, what's he known for? He's known for his play-action ability, and play-action feeds off a good run game, and Dalvin Cook is more than enough at running back to make big plays and open up this play-action game for us. Um, We saw what it did for us in week one with some of those deep crossers we keep talking about with Jefferson and Thielen. So um, back to our bread and butter, it's going to start with Dalvin Cook getting rolling early, and then that 
that makes our offense really three-dimensional. I mean, we can attack him deep, we can attack him intermediate, and we can also run the ball. So uh, getting him going early is going to be a key in this one. I know the fan base is itching to see him get loose. Yeah, I really do see, uh, you know, Dalvin having a good game, and I really hope to uh, see him ball out this week. But big homecoming for a couple Minnesota guys coming in on the Detroit side. Shane Zilstra, former Mankato Maverick, and Frank Ragnow. <laughs> All Minnesota guys there, so super excited to see them come back. They're both two key parts in that offense there, and I expect to see them on the field a lot this Sunday, and it'll be good to see. And I, I, those two I wish the best, but the rest can't say the same. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun for them playing in their home state for sure. Um, two valuable pieces, like you said, to the team. And it's always good to see Minnesota talent all over the league. Uh, they really blossomed into a football powerhouse. All right, we're diving back into over-unders for this week's matchup against Detroit Lions. Nick, I'll fire right into it. I'm going to get you started with DeAndre Swift. He's been a big part of this offense so far through two weeks. Do you see him getting over 100 all-purpose yards? Well, he's done a pretty good job against running backs uh, so far. 100 all-purpose. I don't know how involved he's going to be in the receiving game, but I'm going to hit the under on that. I'm going to say he's somewhere in the 70 to 90-yard range. I think he still does make a couple big plays against us, but I don't think it's anything extravagant. All right, and then I'll switch it over to their QB position, and a guy with in Jared Goff has – the ability to make some plays, but also has been known to let the ball loose a couple times. Uh, do Reckless. you see him making multiple turnovers, or do you see him having a good day? I'll set the number at one. Do you see over one turnover for Goff? We're banging that over all day on Jared Goff. A hostile environment at U.S. Bank Stadium. We know we play a part in that. And uh, it's going to be a telephone for him really communicating with his offense all day. I think this is a two interception game for him um, against a division team. He's going to try to force a couple in there. He's probably a little bit overly confident targeting St. Brown right now, uh, which he should be. He's played great so far, but you know, Amon Ra not being the biggest guy. I think we do. One thing we do have in our secondary is a lot of length. We got a lot of size and length and we might not be the fastest, but I think uh, those long arms are going to find their way to the football this week. And another Midwest product in TJ Hawkinson, former Iowa guy. He has kind of had a slower start to the season so far, um, but tight end can be a big position in this offense for the Detroit Lions. Do you see him finding the end zone this week, Nick? Um, Honestly, I'm going to hit the yes button on him finding the end zone this week. I think he's he's always played fairly well against us, and with Harrison Smith being out, uh, safety's primarily being matched up on tight ends, it seems, and uh, Donatel's defense so far. So I think uh, Hawkinson finds his way into the end zone, maybe on like a goal line play action. Um, I don't see him gashing us for a, a big chunk play to find the end zone, but I could see him being a red zone threat, absolutely. And turning the tables back to you, Matt, uh, we're going to talk Vikings offense here. Uh, guy that's been talked about, but hasn't really been targeted is Adam Thielen so far. Uh, we're going to talk strictly targets in this game. Do you think it's going to be a point of emphasis for us to get him over six targets? Yes, I do think he gets the over on targets there. Um, two guys I think that KOC is really going to try to utilize more in this offense this week is Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen. I do think we're going to see a lot more scripted plays for both those guys. So in turn, I do think he gets the over on that those targets. He's a guy I think finds the end zone, end zone this week. He's overdue. He's known to be solid in the red zone. I think we see him take advantage of that this week and, and put one in the end zone. 
Love that, and I really hope to see it. Um, guy you mentioned, Dalvin Cook, another guy we've been waiting to get going, really um, kind of a slow start to the season. Uh, we're going to go explosive runs here. We're going to classify an explosive run as 15-plus yards. Do you see Dalvin Cook over under 2.5 for explosive runs? If we're including screens in there, I'll go over. Strictly runs, I think he has two big ones. Um, you know, I, I think we're going to have him more involved. I see a more uh, larger workload for him, uh, but I, I think he's at two large runs. But if we're counting screens in there, I'd hit the over, but I'll say under just for the runs here. So I think he still has a good day. He find, I think he can find the end zone, but I do think that uh, Detroit may be able to keep him kind of dialed in and bottled up for the most part. Yeah, he's definitely going to be a point of emphasis for the Lions. Uh, moving to the other side of the ball to the Purple People Eater 2.0, meet at the quarterback, Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter. Um, kind of a slow week for them in Philly, really. Didn't see a ton from them. But then again, we we're banking on a four-man rush the whole game against a great offensive line. So uh, back to those two big boys up front. We're going to c- go combined sacks, two or more. I will go with the over. Uh, I do think they get back to what they did week one. I could see both of them um, really making a lot of plays this week. And I think we're going to see more pressure be brought. And I think that's going to in turn allow these guys to really let loose and get uh, going on stunts and off the edge. I think they're going to be attacking Jared Goff all day. And I see them having a, a heyday. Okay, I would love that, and I think this is going to be an offensive showing from us as well. This is like a chip-on-the-shoulder game for KOC. A lot of people kind of praised him in week one, and then week two after the downfall, everyone's kind of you know, questioning, is he cut out for it? I've seen some ridiculous takes on Twitter, but uh, this is a bounce-back week for him, absolutely. Moving into game predictions here, Matt, uh, I think this is going to be a game we're going to set the tone early, but uh, it seems to me, like you said, maybe this is one where the Vikings stutter their feet a little bit. You know, I've been back and forth. I, I do think this is kind of Scream's trap game all over it. Um, Detroit, usually there's one matchup that can go sideways on us, and we've seen it at home. Them beat us. You know, they've kind of been a thorn in our side. But the more and more I think about it, I do think um, I'm going to lean on, on us getting there, um, getting out with a W. I did think that this was maybe one that we uh, lose. Changed in the last 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I go through some thoughts, and I think, you know, I think we get away with this one. I think we get a W. And I think going forward, I think an even bigger trap game looking down the schedule is actually the next week in London on the road. New Orleans Saints. New Orleans Saints. Really a neutral environment. A lot of travel. You really don't know how the team's going to perform out there. I think that's got trap game ribbon on it as well. Um, But after going through it, I'm going to stick with the Vikings here. We're going to go 24-20 Vikings. Book it. Okay, I like that. And I'm I'm gonna lean Vikings as well. I just like I said, this is a bounce back week. Obviously some hometown bias in me, but uh just our history against Detroit says it all for me. Um they do have a new regime and new leadership there that's going pretty well. But I think this is a, a statement game for us in the division. Uh we're still on top of the di- division as of now and Detroit wants to be a team that makes some noise for sure, but they're gonna have to come into our house and prove it against what I believe to be a better roster, even though Harrison Smith will probably not play in this one. Um, I'm going to go Vikings a little bit higher scoring in this one. I think we're going to cross the 30-point mark. I'm going to go 31-20 Vikes. Um, I think it's three touchdowns from Detroit and a missed field goal, and then we're able to outscore them on the day in kind of a shootout 
like I said, Dalvin Cook's going to get rolling early in this one. He's going to be a point of emphasis. Don't be surprised to see Adam Thielen. And Irv Smith's still going to get his targets, folks. Uh, one bad drop's not going to change that for him, and we know his capabilities trust. in this offense. Big trust. This presents a great opportunity for the Minnesota Vikings to really make a statement that we're the kings of the north here and that this is our division for the taking. Let's get our feet back under us. Let's get back on the road. Let's get this thing cooking. I trust in the Vikings. Let's get this W. Let's go, Vikes. And we're going to send emotional Dan Campbell home with a couple tears on the plane ride home. Big one for the Vikings this week. Let's get back on track. Contain their weapons and just ball out, baby. Skull Vikes. Let's ride, Skull Nation.